All right. And so let's go live. So welcome to Kill the Guru, a marketing podcast like no other marketing podcast. I'm Brent Kobayashi, president of Kobayashi Zeitgeist, and my producer is Mr. Andy McElwain. Andy, wave to the audience for us. I'm waving right now. Andy is waving behind a black screen. So we believe all marketing podcasts, including ours, are bullshit until something gets done. We are on a mission to stop the consumption and start the implementation. And how do we do this? We get real and we get deep. We have both experts and local small business owners on the podcast at the same time. And our experts then return uh, week after week to dig deeper on what our small business owners are actually implementing in the past week or not. They could be having challenges. So today we have Kate Hodgson, founder of 9to5 Narrative, a consultancy specializing in leveraging the power of story in business. So let's kill it. Kate, can you tell us about yourself in your background. Can you tell us your story? Yes. Uh, well, I think before we were live streaming, I touched on it a little bit. Um, my background actually is corporate before I got into sort of the creative nature of storytelling. And uh, like I said before, I had a, an intense fear of public speaking. Um, but I always had a, a call to that kind of um, sort of sharing the experiences that I, that I have and experienced in my life. You know, as a kid, I always um, gravitated more towards autobiographical storytelling or stories because um, I, f I feel very strongly that we all have something that we uh, can share. Our experiences and everything that we've gone through is something that when we uh, talk about it to other people, it gives them something that they, a piece of knowledge or tool that they can then use in their life. Uh, and for me, because um, especially nowadays, we have so many different uh, devices and um, different uh, media channels that are competing for our attention, it's really easy to be distracted by what the latest thing is. And for me, when you are in that state, it's easy to also forget. But stories are something that we've evolved with. They're something that um, really for centuries is something that remains memorable. Uh, and there's science behind that, how we've evolved to really resonate and remember stories. Um, and there's actually now that we have this technology, a way in which we can measure that impact of why, why stories still to this day remain something that is very, um, it's pers persuade persuasive, it's memorable, it touches us on an emotional level. Um, and so for me, when I sort of take a look at that, because I'm also a very pragmatic person, like what is the science that actually supports this? Because storytelling can be very um, uh, subjective to a certain degree. And I think also in the business world, there's like this kumbaya feeling that, you know, we're all going to hold hands and we're going to tell a story and then we're going to go back to our normal lives, our daily lives what, that are very practical um, and making money and, and we'll leave that where it was. But um, when you actually look at the science behind storytelling and, uh, and then look at ways in which you share your own experiences and the skill set that you have and the knowledge that you have in a way that becomes memorable to, to whomever it is that you're talking to, your target audience, it's a way of um, not only just standing out, it's also a way of connecting with somebody in a more authentic way. And I think also that is something in our society that we're really looking for. Like, how can we connect in a way that is authentic and genuine? Um, and when you share your own story of what you've gone through and what, um, what your experiences are, that just is something that naturally happens. 
Um, and I feel, Brent, that I might be jumping ahead a little bit. So feel free. No, you're, you're not. And this is actually really fantastic. So I would say we were just talking just before we started about how it's an unbelievable that we can, and everybody's doing this in the business world, say something, go live on video, publish something, and literally hundreds of people will see it. And mm -hmm. that's actually not even a lot. Mm -hmm. So our ability to communicate to people is, has increased so much. And then I think along with that, the noise that's being communicated and the, the safety from which people communicate as mm -hmm. in, I sell this stuff, will you buy it? Without a connection to the real humanity that's behind everything that we do, yeah. is is important. So that science is, is, is interesting. So maybe tell us a little bit more uh, exactly what you do and why, say, a local small business person might care. Uh, yeah, well, when I work one-on-one -on -one with uh, in my coaching practice, um, essentially I become a little bit of a journalist. I interview the, my client to really learn about their life. That is, for me, the most fascinating. Um, I've had the opportunity to live and travel abroad, and for me, it was always the people that lived there and how their experience with, white, with life was either really similar to mine or very different. Um, and so when I'm just asking general questions, some of them are very uh, generic, um, but then some of them get specific, depending, of course, where that life has led that individual person. Um, so we all have very similar experiences. Like we all have a family. We all went, um, you know, through puberty. We have friends. Um, we've fallen, we've fallen in love. Um, those always remain true. And those are usually the, the foundations of stories upon which we've, we've actually come to know. Um, but they are, uh, even though that they are very individual to each person, uh, they are very universal in its application. So, um, you know, for myself, you know, I grew up in a small town. Uh, I'm the youngest of two. You know, I have two parents. Um, I went away to university. Uh, part of that journey was also had me traveling abroad. Uh, when I came back, I decided to change programs and uh, learn a second language, which gave me another opportunity to, to live in France this time. Um, and then when I came back, I was still sort of at a loss as to what I wanted to do in life. And um, because of that, you know, I fell into different roles and different, uh, different positions. And along the way, I was learning uh, skill sets and knowledge, um, but I was also doing my own self-discoveries to like, what is it exactly that I want to do? Um, and the part of my journey also includes a, a life event. And this is something that I look at when I'm looking at my clients. You know, what is that one thing that has happened to you that has changed you in some significant way that has put you on a different track? Um, and for me, that was um, a, health, a health event where I came very close to, to dying. Um, and in that moment, what it did was it kind of shocked me out of my, my previous state of sort of waiting, I think, for things to happen um, and also being held back by, by fear. You know, this, of course, as I mentioned before, is, a, is another big fear of mine. But when I started to what was holding me back and I positioned that against, well, I could be dead, then that kind of gave this clarity and sort of courage that I didn't have before to then start trying things that I had never done. And then when I did that, that then opened up a whole new world to me. So I was in uh, Toastmasters and then I did um, improv. And then from improv, I got connected to the storytelling community. And from the storytelling community, 
immediately went to the pinnacle, which was uh, doing stand-up. Um, and so that was sort of my journey into my getting over my own fear of public speaking. But along the way, I also fell in love with storytelling and realized its value um, and its ability to uh, connect with others in a very uh, genuine and authentic way. Uh, there have been a lot of moments where I've told a story on stage and, you know, you feel like you're sharing a piece of yourself and that you're kind of alone in that. Um, but then, you know, you have this moment when you're finished and you come down and someone kind of pulls you aside and says, you know, oh my gosh, I've gone through this exact same thing. You know, so storytelling has a way to, um, when you're sharing a bit, a, a bit of your own life journey, uh, it, it allows others to then see themselves in you. And then what that does is that um, creates a bit of a, a tribe, right? That's what we, what we mean by tribalism. Um, seeing a part of who you are in somebody else and then being drawn to them for that. Uh, and so that's kind of like the biology of storytelling, when we can see ourselves in somebody and that draws us to them. So, so a client that gets you um, and understands something and there's a reason, there's a little bit more reason for them to work with you. So let, let's back up a, a little bit. Yeah. Um, you just described, you know, part of your life and we all get that, right? We all might have that sort of conversation with people, even at, at a networking event. Oh, how did you get here? Oh, that, 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 right? And we don't necessarily connect it to our business, right? That's sort of the personal thing, not the, the, the business thing. The business, I think everybody kind of gravitates to what you do, how you do it. And, and, and we don't necessarily talk about sort of more the, the deeper stuff in business often. Yeah. Um, and so maybe you can tell us a little bit about, we, we just went through some personal branding where we actually started to digging in some, to some whys. Um, why, why is it that why we do what we do seems to be so powerful? And it's certainly talked a lot about lately. Well, people want to know what your motivation is behind something. It's a way that we discern trust. Do I trust this person? What are their motivations here? Are they genuine? Are they sincere? Um, and that's actually a really good exercise that you brought up. What is the why? So why am I doing this? So it's the, you know, and I'm sure some of you have heard this, it's the five whys. Why do I do storytelling? Well, it's a way for me to share my experience. Why do I think that's important? Because I have some knowledge I'd like to share. You know, so when you go back each on the level, um, I genuinely want to help people. I'm genuinely curious about people. I'm curious as to why somebody does what they do and where the influences are in their life. And to help them then facilitate in sharing that with other people, that's really important to me. Because I think we all have a story to share and we all have something that we can teach and learn from one another. Um, and when we can do that in a way that's compelling and engaging and facilitates that authentic connection, then I think that, you know, as a humanity at large, you know, it's something that's going to pull us together. Right. And then why, why do you think that? And it probably goes back to, you know, your life event where you're just like, this matters. I want my life to matter. And this yeah. is what my skill sets are, or something like that. And all of a sudden, somebody's like, oh, okay, yeah, she's on my side. I get her. Yeah, a general purpose of, of what it is that, um, you know, that is connecting us and driving behind what we do. Okay. Yeah. So then... So you, you've, you've worked with um, businesses mm -hmm. to bring story into 
their marketing or their presentation or how they're communicating with people. So that it's a little bit more connective than facts and figures. Um, when has it worked really well and when has it not worked? And is there a difference? Like, is there something that you could pinpoint between the two? Yeah. So I think that when it, when it has worked and when it's not worked is really um, in order to understand that you need to understand what is essential to storytelling and effective storytelling. Um, so I'm going to take about five minutes to kind of go back a little bit and explain that. Um, when you are telling a story, what you're doing is you're trying to elicit an emotional response from the person who's listening to you. Right. And that is a biological response. And we actually have evolved to that. So when we're listening to a story, there are two things that are happening. Um, one is that we are having a, um, we're releasing two specific hormones. One is cortisol and the other one is oxytocin. So as everybody knows, cortisol is, um, it's a stress release. It's a stress hormone. So it's something that happens when we are um, afraid of something, when we feel sort of a, a stress. And what happens is that we have that kind of narrowing in of our attention. Um, and it makes us focus on whatever it is that's in front of us at that time. There's also something that biologically happens in our memory that our brain actually has this encoding hormone that goes along and says, oh, I'm going to plant a flag right here because this is really important. It's part of our survival. And so because of that, I'm going to make this sticky. So, you know, everybody on Facebook now, especially for business people, you can make a post sticky. That's kind of what the brain does. The brain says, ah, this is really important. I'm going to put a flag right here so that you never forget it because this could possibly impact our ability to survive because we're always kind of reacting on that survival mode. You know, the other part of that is oxytocin. So when we feel good about something, our brain uh, releases a hormone called oxytocin. And oxytocin is that feel-good hormone. But it's also connected to our survival. Oxytocin um, is also the hormone that's behind empathy. So our ability to connect and want to help one another, right? Because we've evolved to a survival species. We haven't just gotten to this place on our own. And so those social ties are extremely important to the way that we've evolved as, um, as a species. So when you're talking about um, developing a story, you have to have that dramatic arc or that character transition or development that actually follows a story structure in order to elicit that response from the other you're looking for from your audience. So for me, that is really pivotal um, on the inciting incident. So what is the inciting incident of every story? So if you think about it, or the easiest way for me to think about it is um, when you're going through your life and you're having a really, really great day, and there's that one thing that happens that throws you off, right? Is that one thing that takes your day from being good to being really, really, really crappy. So when you're talking about a story, every story needs to present, be presented with a problem because we need our, our character of that problem to over, uh, sorry, of our story to overcome that problem because we need to see that transition because we all grow and experience and learn when we come up against obstacles, right? That's how we learn new skills. So that is extremely important for any story that you're telling is being clear on what is the inciting incident? What is the, the, the problem or the obstacle that the person involved, the main character of this, of the story is going to come up against. Right. And so when we go through the story structure, we then, after that problem, we basically take our character and we throw them into the world of the unknown. So the world that they don't know. 
And as they're going and navigating through this area that they've otherwise no experience with, they're going to come up with, come up against all these different obstacles and these different tests, right? And as they come up with these different obstacles and different tests, they are then demonstrating their character, their different values, and they are then learning different skills. And then so in the story, we also get to a point where our main character has this realization where things start to get a bit easier, right? And they start to shift. And then what happens is that problem is resolved slowly in certain ways until you get to the end of a resolution. And the resolution at the end of the story is where the person is then finding a new balance. Okay. So how does this um, impact storytelling? Well, there's two different kinds of storytelling in business. There's your story as the person who runs the business and why it is that you, what it is that you do. And there's also your customer. So as a business um, owner, what you're doing is you're solving problems for your customer. So those problems, and if you did, when you do your customer segmentation and you're sort of figuring out, okay, who it is that I'm, that I'm helping and what it is that their problems that they're are coming up against, right? So that is essentially where you can source your inciting incidents. So if you take a look at, okay, well, where are the problems that I'm solving for my clients and where have I encountered those in my own life? And how did I go through that? Mm-hmm. So that is the way in which you, when you are telling a story, how you have to navigate. So where I've come up against um, problems or issues with that is that that inciting incident, depending on the story that you're telling, especially one that's very personal, requires a certain um, visibility, I would say, of vulnerability. So you, it requires sharing a time in your life when you weren't sure of the outcome, mm-hmm. when you were maybe um, unclear as to what was going to happen next. You know, we don't all want to be um, seen as very confident and very capable in what we're doing, and obviously that is very important in business. Um, and in business, too, there's a perception of uh, – there's no emotion, right? They were all very to the point, very practical, almost slightly robotic. When you are telling an effective story that is really drawing somebody in, you are showing your humanity in a way, right? You're showing a moment that you have struggled yourself and gone through to come out the other side. Mm-hmm. So when you're doing storytelling, especially in business, that is important to start off um, very early in the story because, again, that's our attention, right? We're not going to focus necessarily on what that vulnerability or problem is, especially when it's been resolved because by the end of the story, it's been resolved and it's really no, no longer an issue. But where I've come up in resistance is more in a financial sector um, where they really wanted to use storytelling and that was really central to sort of where the direction is what they were going, but they didn't really want it to have emotion, Right. They didn't want to show that that time of what the problem was or the issue was. Right. They were really hesitant against that. Um, and, it, it, you know, it, it's difficult to write a story that has impact if you're not going to show that you're you're human. Right. And a lot of people come up against that because there's a lot of fear attached to that because there's like this more of presenting um, how you want to be seen versus, you know, showing a little bit of your humanity. But it's in showing your humanity that you you have trust. Um, yeah. So where it's worked is when my clients are, are open to that, that they, they accept that and they, they have the courage to, to say, yeah, I'm human, I've struggled, but this is how I've overcome it and this is how I'm better for it. Mm. Have you ever had somebody actually say, I'm in the middle of my story right now? <laughs> uh, 
I don't know if that, I really that, had a, a client there that aware, but um, now that as a storyteller, now I've been doing this for a while, I, I do actually have those moments in my own life. I'm like, oh, this is, I'm in the middle of the story. This is resolved. But I have worked with clients where they're going through something at the moment. And, mm-hmm. and I've said to them like this, this is a story that you're in the middle of. Um, and then when you get one, but when you come to the end, then it will be something that you can look back on and then share with somebody else. So that might be getting a little bit bigger than, than what we're talking about. It strikes me that's probably any time a business goes through a PR nightmare, mm, yeah. that if they were able to be open and vulnerable and recognize that they're part, in part of that story. Mm-hmm. So for any of us, if you're starting to get to that point where this is hell, this is exactly the opposite. I've, 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 people feel like I've screwed up and I've whatever, you know, the house fell down, food poison, whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. Um, think back to this moment and say, there's an opportunity in here. There's a story in here. Yeah. Two or three or four years down the line, I'll be able to actually use this in my marketing. Yeah. Um, and there will be a different brand perception. Or there's a possibility at least. So leave that possibility open. That kind well, of excites me. Yeah, and, and that's kind of what you kind of, I didn't, um, I wanted to sort of backtrack that you mentioned about the story database. And this is what I encourage my, my clients to do. And this is what I, when I'm, when I'm coaching that I help put together for them. Um, a story database, I think, is important for, um, for business and even just professionals in that um, we all go through and have our own experiences in life that aren't exactly something that we go around sharing, but we are we are ultimately the sum of everything that we've gone through. Um, and knowing what those stories are allows you to be a better storyteller because when you know what those stories are that um, have shaped sort of um, where you are today but aren't necessarily something that you want to talk about publicly, you are able to share the public story in a way that doesn't leave you vulnerable. So um, if you're going back and you're developing your story database, for me, I would start from, okay, well, what are my experiences from ages zero to 10? Was there anything that stood out from 10 to 15? What about from 15 to 20 or 20 to 25? So really breaking down sort of your life, looking back, if you were to write an autobiography, you know, say, Mm -hmm. sort of saying what jumps out, you know, what was your first heartbreak? What was your first betrayal? What was your first failure? Like, what were those moments? Um, and they don't necessarily have to be as big as that. They could be as something as smaller as um, saying when you moved, that because it's a change of environment. Why did you move? What was the reasons behind that? When you're looking at story structure or telling a story, you're really looking for the moments where your life went from the status quo to something different. Because it's the transition or the change from a place of balance to imbalance to return to balance that creates that story and that compelling nature that makes people kind of stand up and listen. Um, okay, so, so let's, let's come back to that in a moment because this story database I think is really interesting because what you're, you're illustrating is these are small moments or things that people think of as small moments, but you're starting to gather sort of the raw materials of this story. Um, and I just want to shift this back again to that customer that there's something going wrong right now. So I was talking about PR nightmare, but it strikes me that we're all in businesses. So we do customer service. And so on a regular basis, sometimes for some of us, you're dealing with somebody who's not quite happy. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if this, if, if you've, 
if you've seen this, but it strikes me that there's a little bit of a story arc going on there. Customer has problem, not quite happy. We do something and somehow we overcome it. Maybe we give something extra. Maybe we, we calm their fears. Maybe we just sit there and hold their hand as they go through a crisis moment for their wedding with Mike or whatever it happens to be. And in that mini story, mm-hmm. there is an arc, I'm thinking. And that, to me, feels like it could turn into a compelling review, even testimonial, case study, a little bit of a tiny, it's not necessary. And we'll get back to the story database for the entrepreneurs and the owners themselves as well. Mm-hmm. But, but does that strike you as true? Am I, am I missing the mark there with the, 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 the customer stories that might, they might be going through? Yeah, well, doing case studies and customers and and sort of um, gathering those customer stories are a really great way of promoting your business and showing um, potential clients or potential customers, um, you know, what they can expect when they're working with you. So, you know, if you are looking at um, gathering them, then there's a whole other process involved in how do I get that feedback from my clients and my customers to really capture those stories so that I can share them with others so that it's a, a demonstration of not only our values, but our services that we are, we are looking and that we offer other people. Okay. So whenever there's a, a customer who's having problems and it's negative, this is to our small business owners, think again, this is an opportunity for you to gather not just demonstrate who you are to that customer. That's really ridiculously important. But this is an opportunity to actually potentially gather some great customer stories because you're going through a challenging period, maybe even a pivotal moment. And there's going to be whatever you do to make that into a positive outcome and then turns into perhaps an asset for your business. Yeah. And there's storytelling techniques as well that you that you would also include when you're when you're putting together that narrative. Mm-hmm. But looking for the problems and and having that sort of that catalyst of change is always an opportunity. Um, it's always an opportunity to learn, but it's also an opportunity to share. And as a business owner, it's an opportunity to show and demonstrate um, what it is that you have to offer. Okay, so going through customer service, there's a challenge or an issue. There is um, a set of values by you're working through. There's learning something new. Either the customer is learning something new or even you're learning something new. And then there's this outcome where it starts to get a little bit easier. Is that roughly that story arc? Yeah. If we're, if we're flipping it, because I think in some ways we might be talking about um, two different types of stories. Mm-hmm. One is if there's an issue, like if you're talking about a PR, where there's an issue that, say, a client has with your business versus what is the problem that the client has that your business solves. Gotcha. Okay. Those are the, the two different mm-hmm. ones. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, when you're looking at creating that story of your what is the problem that your business or sorry, what is the solution that your business brings to the problem that your client is having, then in the story structure, what you are is the mentor. Mm. Right. Um, so this, and for me, is more of the uh, the hero's journey. Does it? Does anybody know about the hero's journey? Is the story structure? Definitely yeah. go through it for us. Yes. Okay. So is anyone? Let's, so, let's, let's, so yeah, let's set the customer service thing aside. That's just something I got excited about. Let's let's return to our our small business owners. So maybe you could go over the hero's journey because that's usually one of the big ones, right? That 
that people will work through in terms of how they communicate with clients? Yeah. So, well, um, how many people here have seen Star Wars or Black Panther? Yeah. Yeah. So um, this follows, that's a very classic example of following the hero's journey. Um, the hero's journey was originally uh, sort of discovered or thought of by Joseph Campbell. So Joseph Campbell was an anthropologist that traveled around the world and, uh, and, and sort of studied different cultures. And uh, what, he, what he found was that all of these myths and all of these stories that have been passed down from centuries that we can even still remember today all follow the same similar story structure in which he coined the hero's journey. Um, so the hero's journey really, if you sort of think about it in Star Wars, is sort of Luke Skywalker. Luke Skywalker has his world that he knows, and then he has this call to adventure. And with that call to adventure, he, what he does is he crosses the threshold. And what that means is that he's crossing the threshold, threshold into another or an unknown world. So this isn't very dissimilar to what we've been talking about. It's this idea of um, the character of our story, what their world looks like, and that moment where they cross over from what they know into the unknown. And so in the course, in the, sorry, in the story of um, uh, Star Wars, what he has, though, is he has these mentors that come along and they give them special skills or they give them a tool. Skywalker is given a lightsaber, right? He has Obi-Wan Kenobi. So he has all of these different mentors that help to ensure his success as he's traveling through this unknown world. Um, and within the, the hero structure, you have that, that death of the hero, Right. So in, in the movies, at least, the hero in some way, shape or form dies. Sometimes it's actually quite literally. They literally die and they, they actually then come back to life. They're resurrected. And the story structure for us mortal humans is really representative of a death of our former self. So that person that used to think this way about something is now shifting and thinking about this way in an entirely different way. And it's this idea of um, a transformation you know, it's called the dramatic arc, how our character from the initial part of when they first started this journey is now somehow changed by the end of it after they go through all of these tests, trials and tests and enemies. And then with the hero's journey, it's a circular um, uh, imagery in that sense, because the hero then comes back to the village and shares with uh, everybody that he knows, his family and friends, all of these amazing things that he's learned, right? And shares those skills. So when you're talking about your customer, um, this is where you're looking at, okay, if your customer is Luke Skywalker, what skills are you giving them so that they can go into the unknown and be successful and come out the other side? So when you know your own stories, it's also looking at, okay, well, where, where are my, uh, where's my expertise in this particular um, situation, right? So um, uh, Fatih, I'm going to use you as an example, right? So your client is essentially, you know, their daily life is somebody who is upwardly mobile. They live in their own home and they have no problem with stairs until at one point in time they say are injured. So they're going from what they've known their entire life to now they can't, they can't handle stairs. So they can't essentially effectively get into their home. So now it's like, how do they navigate this new world, this, this unknown that they have previously not otherwise encountered? And so you and the mentor in this study, you come in and with your um, expertise and your background, you then, then provide them with the skill set in order for them to remain in or go through, navigate this unknown period of their life where they're injured and they can no longer walk upstairs. 
And so they're able at the end of this story to regain a, self, a sense of self, a sense of identity, and a sense of independence. And you in this story arc were then the mentor that then helped them succeed as they went into this unknown world and come out the other end. So this is sort of the, the arc when you're looking at your, your own sort of customer stories, looking to identify, okay, what are the problems or situations? What is the story of my customers as they are coming to me? And what, as a, as a business provider, a business um, person, how am I solving those, those problems? And then putting that into a compelling story or, or a story. Okay. So, so this is this little bit here where um, that, that story arc that we just went through for Fody, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bell can't get up the stairs type of thing. And then there's that impact that they had, that loss of self, loss of identity. Now you're dependent on somebody else or something. Yeah. Um, So I could see Fody getting a whole bunch of those pulled together and Amisha and Mike, you know, this is, these are the things that happen when somebody's coming to me and I'm really providing a service that has an impact on their lives. Um, At what point during that story, um, like, is there a, a methodology by which you would go through to, to tell that story? So right now I, I hear, you know, somebody fell, I helped them, they're good. Kind of, right? And that's maybe the identification of the actual story. Now how do you turn that into... I'm going to tell this story and somebody's going to be like, wow, that was so impactful what you did for that person. So how do you go about sort of sourcing those different stories? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is there elements that you put into the story, Um, a a pacing to it? I'm not sure exactly what that now turns into as far as Fody talking to somebody, or does it have to come from Fody because it's actually his passion that goes into it? Yeah, in, in, in storytelling, in this particular case, there, there are two different sides. Um, there's the stories that you have as a business owner and how it is that you've come to do what you do. And then there's the sides of what are the stories of the customers? What are the stories that, that I've experienced and, and the people that I've worked with mm. that you can also source, right, and use in my, your marketing material? Mm-hmm. But you need to start with what are your own stories as a business owner? Right. Okay. So what is your journey to where what doing what it is that you do now? What is it that drives you? Right. And having that um, showing that empathy and that compassion as well as that knowledge. But what that also does is that it really helps to pinpoint what is your area of expertise? Like what is it the, those specific talents and skills that you have that are specific to your journey in your life that you are then helping your, your clients with? Okay, so if I were to uh, unpack that a little bit, when you've got this customer story that we just talked about, they fell, they broke their hip or whatever, can't get up the stairs. To add some impact to that, knowing your own story and what expertise you're bringing to it because you care or you saw that your mom had the same problem, and therefore, you never wanted that again. So therefore, I knew what to do or I studied what to do and, and I helped them out this way. Um, 
it strikes me at some point before the end, you would also want to say, I could see my mom's pain and lack of independence in customer X and how th what they were going through. And so I knew that I needed to support them with this. I was happy that I had the skill set to whatever it is that you did, the, the, a lift or something else like that, whatever the actual solution was. And then it feels to me like the actual thing that you're doing both matters, that customers help, but also reflects back on why you're doing this in the first place. Is that, am I getting that sort of connection? Yeah, you know, a part of what, our, again, part of our biology is that we're looking for pieces of ourselves in somebody else, right? Mm. It's, it's tribalism. It's, you know, something that has become very sort of forefront today and today, especially in today's news. When you, uh, when you share, you connect with somebody, then they're able to sort of see some of their uh, um, life's journey or struggles in what you've experienced. It's sort of like them sort of internally saying, ah, oh, this person is like me, right? And so there, when, we, when we see that, we have that bit of trust, you know, because we're sort of like, is this person within my tribe or on the, on the outside? So when we're trying to discern that, what we're trying to see is like, what are those connection points? How can I see myself in this person? So when you're doing your story base, story database, what you're looking for is you're looking for those touch points. What is the experience that I've had that this person has had that I can share with them that will sort of facilitate that connection? Because when you, when you have that connection, then you build that trust. Okay. So that's why when, when you're looking at what are your stories that have led to where you are, um, that your clients are going to particularly resonate with, mm -hmm. you know? So when, for me, knowing what your stories are, is a little bit like having your business card in your back pocket. When you have them refined and you know what you're sharing and you know why you're sharing it, then when the opportunity arises, you can tell the right story at the right time that is going to connect with that person. And it doesn't have to be in a marketing or a, a superficial way. It's how we connect with one another. It's how we um, stand out and become memorable. So when you tell a story versus just rambling facts or something that is non sequitur or, you know, it's something that would otherwise land flat, when you, when you know those narratives, it's something that will, be, um, will help you to stand out and will help you to connect on, an, on a genuine and an authentic way. And that is getting back to sort of the reason why I love stories and storytelling is because it's authentic. We're being vulnerable and courageous and sharing something that we've gone through in order to facilitate and have that connection with somebody else who then allows, you know, gives them an opportunity to see themselves. Like we see each other, you know, um, by, by, by doing this and by sharing what it is that we've gone through. Okay. So it sounds to me really the, the first step is, is actually creating this database of, of stories. Yeah. Um, and so you, you mentioned some of the ways that you could go about doing that. Maybe if you could repeat that again, because I think that's what we're probably going to, one of the things we're going to see if our small business owners are willing to take on this next uh, couple weeks. How would they go about doing that again? So if, you know, you can, it can be very extensive or if as a small business owner, you can sort of make it a little bit smaller. So when you're sort of thinking about, um, what it is that you're doing now. So if you're um, food or if you're construction, what is the, the, the furthest point that you can remember back where this appeared in your life, right? Because small business owners, I find, usually are typically answering a call, right? It's your call, to, your call to adventure in a way. So it's finding the patterns where this particular thing that you're doing has otherwise shown up in your life. You know, whether it was a kid when you used to build... Um, 
you know, structures or houses and with Lego. Or if it was as a kid when he used to use like the mini baker at home and he used to like make plastic food, you know, this is something that you have, you know, has really been a calling for you. This has been your purpose. You've been sort of ordained in a way to do this, right? It comes from a very pure place. And then that then is the connection that specifically then answers the question, why do you do what you do? What is the purpose behind doing this? And it's also something that um, people can resonate with, you know? It's not something that you're just making up, right? This is part of who you are. And that's very specific, I think, to small business owners. Small business owners, you don't get into this because, you know, it's, it's, it's hard work being a, a small business person. And you're only doing it usually because you are driven by something that you are deeply passionate about. And that passion just doesn't show up. It is something that has come from years of um, people around you, different environments, different experiences. So if you can take a look at what it is that you're doing and where that connects the furthest point back, then that will help you to sort of put together the dots. You know, um, Steve Jobs has that famous quote that you can't connect the dots going forward. You can only do it looking back. That's what he means by this. What are all the points in your life that have shifted you or pointed you to actually have you land in this place? And if you can draw that line and then tell and share that narrative of that story, it's going to be more impactful to the person that is then coming to you for whatever reason it is that your, that your business or service provides. Okay. And then uh, you also mentioned what are those transition times or those big moments that you remember um, and you name some of the common ones, moving out, moving to a different place. I know Mike traveled the world. Um, you had a health scare, which was pretty dramatic. Um, and then I, I'm, I, I think it would be interesting um, for the group here to look at, not just look at it from the filter of I'm a small business owner. I need to find the stuff that relates to photography for mm-hmm. me, but I'm a person. Let me find all the, the, the bits and pieces of stories in my past that had an impact, maybe even just times where you felt vulnerable. Now that could be just something you note down for yourself internally. If you're not sharing to our Facebook group um, and bringing this out here, but I'd encourage you to, to really look at that because I get the feeling that um, we may filter ourselves out as small business owners because we think we need to present ourselves a certain way. And so as we go through this story database in our past, we're going to want to say, does this relate to my business? No, no, no. It's, not, it's an irrelevant, you know, when I went to, when I asked that girl out to the prom and she said no and all that, whatever it is, right? It's irrelevant to my business, but it might've had a big impact on me. And I'd be curious to see um, where those threads actually might weave into our life as what we're doing now and how we're presenting to the world. Um, So there was sort of those transition times, you mentioned vulnerability. So maybe those times when you felt that, um, anything else that would be like a good memory cue to, to think about? Um, yeah, in, in kind of going back to when you're, if you wanted to be that extensive and put together that, that memory database of um, how, does, how, did, how does this life event connect to my 
to my business. Um, when I work with my clients, I also try, uh, I also look at, okay, well, what is a professional? What is a personal story? But as a business owner, if you start taking like whatever it is your industry is and how it is that you came to be there, right? So again, kind of going back to that exercise that I mentioned, like when was the first time that you remember this? When was the first time you took a picture? When was the first time you made food, right? You know, I, I know somebody that I used to work with that was in corporate who hated his job. He just did it, of course, because as we all do, we get we need money to live and, and survive. And um, he has essentially was laid off and he was given a package. And he took that time and that money and he went back to school and he is now doing what he loves, which is being a chef. And he, and he then, you know, consults on different um, grocery stores and, and different things. But the point being is that he went from that mundane part of his life and he took that moment of vulnerability, of change, and he made that as a positive step forward to getting what it is that he actually really wanted to do in life. Now, for him, and this part of the story that I don't know because I don't know him that well, is that, okay, well, what was it about food? Because it was obviously there, you know, all, all this all along, right? But life is, is in a way where we sometimes end up being a little bit like sheep and like cows and we just react in the moment and we sometimes end up landing in a place that we hate, we don't like. Like I have been one of those people, right? Where I didn't know what I wanted to do and I just took every opportunity that came, you know, to me without any discernment of sort of, well, is this really something that is going to make me happy? But without knowing what the other answer was, you just say yes in the moment, Right. I think small business owners are in a way very lucky because they're pursuing something that they genuinely love. So if it's something that you genuinely love, then that comes from somewhere. So in, in that, that passion or that, that love, then for me, when you, when you break down and when I work with clients and, and I'm asking all these questions, I can go, Oh, I see why, why you did this because of this particular experience. Like I'm connecting the dots for them. So it's a little bit tricky in doing that for yourself. So if it is something that you struggle with, try to go back to asking your, either your parents or your siblings or your friends at the time being like, you know, do you remember a time like when, when I did this or does this like make sense? And you'd be surprised that people would be like, Oh yeah, that totally makes sense to me. You know, because it's hard for us to see sometimes when we're in the middle of our own story. So maybe even going back into your people that know you well and saying, what do you think were the big moments in my life? Yeah. Have you ever had like a moment where you're just like, oh, you know, I decided to do this. And someone says to you like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Or were you like, oh, I'm doing this. And someone's like, yeah, I can see you doing that. Right. Well, ask them, why, why do you see me doing that? What is it that you see that I don't, that this makes sense to you? Right. <laughs> Do you have kind of like a list of questions that you ask clients? I do standard ones. Um, I ask uh, usually, you know, where they grew up, what their family looks like, what their experiences were in, in that sense, because those are formidable years. Those are the years that we sort of set up our patterns um, of, of ways of thinking and ways of behaving. Um, and then, you know, with from those standard questions, I, I depending on what the answers are, then I usually follow my curiosity. So if something stands out and be like, ah, oh, that's, that's not what I was expecting. Then I start to sort of go, well, why did you, why did you do that? Or where did you go from here? Um, and then, so when that starts to sort of reveal itself to me, then I can start to see where the patterns are. And I start to look at where the influences are. 
you know, because there are universal truths that we're all living by. There are things that we're all searching for, right? We're searching for a sense of community. We're searching, searching for belonging. We're searching for love. We're searching for acceptance. You know, these are things that um, are really the umbrella above all of us, but how we experience them are very unique and very different to each person. So when I'm sort of interviewing someone and I'm looking for those connecting, I'm looking to connect those dots, those are the things that I'm looking for. How did you, how did you search out belonging in this instance? Or how did you, what were the sort of default ways in which you coped with this particular thing that happened? Right. Um, because then, then for me, that really then reveals that person's character. Um, and that's kind of will lead into something else. When you're talking about stories and you're using stories, stories come with a message and they demonstrate your values um, as well as your skill set. So when you're sharing a story, it's important to know not only what this message is, but what is the values that it's speaking to behind it. Okay. I know this is a little bit abstract, but... Um, no, that's, that's, that's good. It's actually because we're going to get more concrete, right? So um, we want to take these abstract ideas and, and actually start putting them to practice. That's the whole point of this podcast. So to get concrete, why don't we um, start, uh, go through to our three small business owners that are on the call today and just get a sense of what's resonating with you. What questions do you have? What's not resonating with you? So just get a sense of where you're at and where you might take this next. Um, Relate it back to the personal branding because we did go into those five whys and, um, and what you feel about creating a story database moving forward. So I think I just gave you four or five questions answer at once um, each of you so why don't first we start with uh, well actually who would like to go first all right Fody uh, we need you to unmute yourself though no volunteers so I guess I'll uh, we'll step up good so um, I mean, having gone through part of this exercise before with Kate, uh, I'm somewhat familiar with uh, some of the things that she's talked about, and um, she knows a little bit about me and, and used my uh, story as an example. So, um, you know, definitely going back to the the point uh, in your life when you can see a tie back to what you're doing today, and connecting the dots from there to where you are today, um, great narrative to to get people to relate to you. So I, I can certainly uh, feel that. And, you know, fortunately for me, one of the things in my branding was um, what we were saying about your story is where I start. So um, stories, stories are part of what I do. So I listen to other people's stories, um, connect their dots, and then see where I can step in and I guess you you gave that uh, example of what are the um, the tools, what are the uh, the things that I bring to the table that can help them through their journey, uh, and and be more independent and, and regain their their self esteem and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's that's really great for me and and creating the narrative. Um, obviously, there'll be many stories that I will look back upon to draw 
from those experiences and relate a client story to something I've been through. Um, so that that will be part of my arsenal of things. Uh, so, but Cody, I, how do you feel about going back through your life and noting some of those critical moments, <laughs> even if they might not relate exactly to where you're at now? I'd also be curious because I think back when you did things with Kate, you were just a general contractor. Not just, but you're an amazing general contractor, but you weren't hyper-focused. And I'd be curious now what in your youth or way back when, when do you remember seeing um, challenges with people who are aging and why does that resonate to you? Or maybe that's more of a recent thing and you had a, aha, this is really what I want to focus on. Do you have a a bank of stories or or, or are things coming to mind that you can start working through? Absolutely. Um, that, that whole thing, uh, the how it leads to from one point to today uh, mm. is definitely something that I think all of us can work on as an exercise for the next session, um, okay. is putting together those little stories of, of where we got uh, through our lives. And then I guess getting some feedback as to um, what is going to be more pertinent to our business story uh, as opposed to just a personal story. Okay. And it's all going to depend, I guess, on the the timeline. Um, how much time do you have to tell your story? Uh, I mean, you got your elevator pitch, you've got the the extended version, and then you want to kind of go, okay, when the person starts to ask you questions, start adding more pieces to the story. Um, so I think that would be important from me as a as a business owner to kind of say, okay, how do I present my storyline as a pitch? just like you would pitch a movie to somebody. So when I first meet somebody, here's my storyline pitch. And then from that, um, see how I tie it into their story. And then thirdly, expanding on that story to keep the conversation going. So I feel like you might be getting ahead of yourself. Kate, you might disagree though. How does that land for you? Yeah, that there is definitely a timing for sure. Being an effective storyteller is, is also being, um, being able to adapt a story to the time frame that you have in the situation that you have. So stories, I think when you think about it, you're like, okay, well, I'm going to settle in for 10 minutes or 20 minutes and this person's going to just talk to me. Um, but it's not, not necessarily that in depth, right? A story, a compelling story to, to, to bring somebody through a sort of the transition is really only five lines when you refine it down. So what is a sentence that describes sort of what the situation is and the knowledge that person needs to know in order to understand what's going on? What is that moment of that problem? What was the next obstacle? What was the change of perspective? Mm-hmm. And then how did it resolve? So when, but the, the, again, this is like the reason why this is a process is that because it, you have to be able to get to a point where you refine that. You know, for yourself, Fodi, you come with uh, years of credibility. You've been a general contractor, right? But if you sort of think about it, contractors also kind of come with them a sense of um, a bit of a stereotype, right? That there are these, these muscle guys, they go in and they fix things. There's really not a lot of wiggle room to be very emotional. But you're moving and you're transitioning into um, sort of an area where people are finding themselves in a particularly highly intense and vulnerable and emotional place. And I don't know enough about, um, you know, 
uh, contracting. I've heard that apparently anytime you do any kind of work, there's always an emotional background to most things, but you know, redesigning your home so that you can continue to live in it is very different from redesigning your bathroom because you hate it. Right. Because it's something from the 1970s. So being aware of that, again, where, where your client clients are coming from, you know, and as a storyteller, especially in business, your audience is, is, is as much as, is as important as your story. Like as a personal storyteller, professional storyteller, when you're doing a show, you know that the audience is just there to hear a good story. So your job as a storyteller is just to try to tell a story as best as you can using all the techniques that you have to do that, such as emotion, painting a picture, um, again, bringing them in through, through your actions or the way that you, you tone, the, your tone and your, your cadence and all those other things. As a business owner, what you're looking at doing is, you know, where can I connect with my client? So what is my client going through? right? What is my client? Um, why are they, why are they coming to me at this particular moment? And where is it that, that I can connect with that? The reasons for which they're approaching me. So what are the particular debts? Okay. Highly emotional. I have a parent that is now sick. They don't want to go into a home. They want to stay in their house. How do I, how do I, as a caregiver facilitate that? Right. So where have you been a caregiver in your life as a contractor? Well, this is something new. I don't know, you know, is the, is the house going to be even be able to be adapted to this particular moment? Well, let me tell you about the years of which I've, as uh, 10 years as a general contractor, then I'm able to approach this problem with the knowledge that I have in order to fix your, your particular or solve this particular problem. Do you see where I'm getting that? So when you know those particular stories, um, it's because you've also done that on the reverse side of what, what are the clients that you're dealing with? Like, what is it that they're going through in their lives? Okay. So when you can make those points of connection by then saying or sharing a bit of what you've gone through in order to allay those fears, that's where the connection comes from. And as a general contractor as well, that I think for you, but I know you so this isn't going to be a problem because you're a very open and giving guy anyways. But, you know, it's just like that, that vulnerability, you know, what am I comfortable with sharing that is going to help then this person trust me to know that I know what I'm doing. Does that help you, uh, Fody? Absolutely. Okay, excellent. So um, who's next, Amisha or Mike? I'll say something. Go for it. Uh, well, I think most of what Kate was saying today, and hello, Kate, it's good to see you again, um, is really the why, right, that we covered before with, with Andres. It's just an expansion on that, perhaps. Yeah. Um, and one thing that occurs to me, because I've been thinking about this, especially with the, the wedding website, where I really have to have some coffee. I don't really have anything at the moment. And I think for me, what I feel, and this might relate to Amisha as well, and sort of anybody perhaps in more of a creative industry, is that everybody sort of has the same story, right? So if I go back to my story and it's like, oh yeah, you know, I remember when I had my first camera, blah, blah, blah. That's what everybody says, you know? So I really want to get away from that. And it's probably similar for Amisha, I would guess, where, you know, it's like, oh yeah, I remember when I had my first Easy Bake Oven. And it's like, I'm sure most chefs and people have written something like that. So 
that's just my one one comment. I think we have to be careful. So Kate, help help <clears throat> with that. Not to do that. We need to, we need to we need to find something a bit more unique. Do they? Which or, is what Andrus was getting at, right? What Andrus, yeah. Like so Andrus was more about what sets us apart, what makes us unique, not yeah. those things which are just the same as all the other photographers and chefs. And, yeah, yeah. I, I love that, Mike. So, so Kate, talk to that. Yeah, and, and for that, in, in regards to sort of telling your story as a, as a small business owner, um, it is about market research. Like, who is it that you are competing against? What is it that makes you different? If picking up a camera at five isn't what makes you different, then, then what is it that, that does in that sense? Is it the number of years that you've been in this industry? Is it the fact that you've seen everything under the sun? Um, is it like, what, what is it? If it's not your pricing and it's not your industry, then how are you set apart from all the other different wedding photographers out there? You know, if it's not a specific special service that you do that, like say, I only shoot in black and white for black and, you know, um, because I fell in love with 1920s films, like, you know, whatever, whatever that connection is, but what is it that makes you different? Um, which again is hard, hard to see. Like, I know you, you're very, in a, in a sense, I don't know you specifically, but you come across very, you've got a very dry sense of humor and you come across very practical, right? Like, you know, and there's a part of your audience that's going to be attracted to that, especially on a wedding day. You know, a wedding day is high stress, it's high intense, and there's high emotions. You come at that particular moment from a very practical way. So that when I'm as a bride or as, you know, um, as a groom, say, then I know that whatever happens, you're going to be able to deal with it, right? So if that is your particular talent, because that's part of your personality, then where can you expand that story? Right. I'd also, Mike, I, I think I'm going to push back at you a little bit, although I do agree with you, find those uniqueness. So you traveling the world is a little bit, is, is unique to you. And there's something there possibly to bring into the wedding photography that you do. So that's, that's great. But I'd also say that thing that Kate was talking about, your vulnerability in that moment, it wasn't, I picked up the camera, I took something, it was beautiful. I always wanted to do this right? Maybe there's a story where you, where that had an impact or where that changed your life or you saw it change somebody else's life or something where, where you, you know, I don't know, you're beaten up and you're bullied and you took a picture and and, and it meant something to you and you remembered it by that picture and you saw the power of photography. I don't know what that is, but I'm, I'm curious what those moments were for you. Does that, is that like, like, Kate, you were mentioning vulnerability. Cause this is where I think, this is where I think people's uniqueness has come in and where people want to shy away from. Yeah, for sure. The, going into that moment, you know, again, kind of opening yourself up a little bit, there's, there's fear attached to that, you know, again, it kind of kind of feeds back into being accepted and um, belonging. You know, if I show this like part of kind of that I think is ugly, right, then are, are people going to accept that? Or am I going to be rejected? So, you know, the safer part is to just sort of like keep that, you know, kind of kind of hidden. Um, but again, you know, when I was talking about when you're, when you're deciding on what stories to share, personal and professional, it's important to know, um, first of all, for yourself to be comfortable and know why you're sharing it. Mm. 
um, because you don't want to begin sharing um, sharing your personal stories in, in a business setting comes with it um, a certain level of risk. And so as a person, as a business owner, you need to understand what that risk is and know what the purpose and reason for what you're sharing it. And that's because this is all about moving forward towards your goals, not exposing yourself, you know, to put yourself out of business. But but within the framework of telling the story, understanding what the story structure is to be memorable and to stand out. What, what can we draw on in a way that um, is professionally responsible for what it is that we're trying to do? Okay. So perhaps pushing people to <laughs> tell them about your story, the story of businesses, and what a great story arc, right? <laughs> Never. Yeah. Again, like it, kind of goes, it goes back to the story structure. So if you, if you, just, if you find that like, niche what sets you apart, right, um, and then what is the story? the story behind that you know if it's like i've seen everything under the sun that can happen at a wedding Mm. then for me it would be like oh what's the worst thing that can happen at a wedding right what is the worst thing that you've seen at a wedding and how did you how did you solve or how did you get through that and then what did you learn from it so that is what when you're talking and that's when you're when you're sharing the story that's exactly exactly what you're saying to the person that you're talking to let me show. So, yeah. So when you're talking about previous clients, you know, people that you've helped being like, why did you choose me? Like if you, if you do have that connection with a particular client, be like, what is it about me that you chose? What resonated with you? Well, I trusted you. Why did you trust me? Kind of going back to what you were talking about in the other podcast. Why did you trust me? Mm. You know, you will, you made me feel safe. Okay. How did, you know, like if you do have that relationship, like you don't always have those kind of relationships with your clients, right? You know, some people are just like, that's great. But when you're talking about like dis- distinguishing yourself from your competition, you first need to look at what your, who your competition is, right? You know, in the, in the world of storytelling, there are other people out there that do what I do. Where I set myself apart is that my background is actually corporate. And, and I do um, come from that sort of mindset of um, a small business and that formality. But I also know how dry and boring business can be. And I think to a degree that there's a loss of humanity in that. You know, and I also have a background in, in, in HR. So all of these dots along the way have led me to do what I do now. But I set myself apart because... I understand the practicalities of business. I understand the benefits of storytelling. And I'm looking at where's the cross, the cross points of those two. Okay. Very good. So Misha, what are you taking away for this next? So um, lots of things, lots of good things. Uh, Thank you so much, Kate. Um, My background has been in corporate as well. I was a banker. Um, I found that uh, the only way I could make a connection with my customers uh, was by storytelling. Uh, because you can get a lot of information online. You you know, there's different applications, uh, tens of thousands of people employed by banks, but what sets me apart from all of them? And that's basically uh, my experiences and how I overcame. So for instance, when I was doing a mortgage, uh, because I had bought a house, I knew all the intricacies of that. I was able to relate that to my customer at that point in their uh, journey. And I was able to talk about that. So um, same thing when we take into consideration 
uh, what we are doing now. So me and my partner, Manish, um, he has been a chef. And so, you know, he has his life story. What I've taken away from this is we are as unique as in the way we look, uh, as unique as our fingerprints. Uh, but then we are a tribe of humans. So we have a lot of similarities as well. So um, what, how can I present my uniqueness to my audience? Everybody sells food. Food is food. I mean, if you're generalizing that category, it's it's food. Um, the product, the taste might be different. How we are putting a plate together might be different. But what is it that we bring to the table to you, for instance, if you are our customer, or we like to call you as our consumers, um, what is it that we are bringing to you that would want you to buy food from us and not go somewhere else and buy the food? And I think that is where the storytelling bit will come into play because how is it that we can relate with you? Even it's 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 food, but how, how can we relate with you knowing uh, when you talked about uh, solving customer problems? So how are we able to do that? So I have two questions that kind of really stand out for me from just just a little bit of, that, of your story. Um, one is how did you go from corporate to what it is that you're doing now? What was that transition? What did that look like? And two, there's something that's um, specifically unique uh, I find with just within that description. And what is this relationship is that you have with your husband? Right. It's obviously by the sounds of it quite loving and very supportive. The fact that you would leave corporate to to then be with your husband, who seems sounds to be like the chef. So that the, for me, that there seems to be a very compelling story about what is this relationship that you have with your husband that the two of you are, are doing this together. Yeah. Right. Um, that for me is, you know, in, in storytelling, which would be the hook that that's kind of the curiosity that draws me in. Yeah, you might be making the same food as everybody else, but that for me makes you memorable in my mind and stands out. So, yeah, there's the banality of, say, what you do if you're competing in a very, um, say, dense industry. And that that small thing that separates you could be as simple as the relationship that you have with your husband. So if I can suggest, because we're just about to wrap up, that um, just like what Kate did there with you, Amisha, where you sort of gave a couple like, you know, this just happened. I was in corporate and now I'm doing this with my husband. Right? We might not think of that as tremendously impactful, but it is. Those were some major moments in your life that um, are, are directly related to the business. So if I can suggest that maybe we gather those major moments together um, and Kate, would it be um, a good idea to maybe also connect uh, something you've talked about um, before sort of what was the, you call it an inciting incident that made you go from corporate to this or from that to your husband or Mike from traveling the world to wedding photography or Fody from general contractor to a specialist in aging. So those, what, what, what were those moments or moments that contributed to these shifts? So maybe gather those two things, both the general story, like a bunch of moments and then what was the inciting incident, the thing yeah. that made that change happen? Yeah. What was the moment that made you kind of end up where you are now? Okay. Mm-hmm. And then from there, perhaps we can explore this deeper in 
two weeks, not one week. So this is a this is a real and deep podcast, the Marketing Mastermind, and our small business owners, we've gotten some feedback, want time to implement, not just uh, consume. So what we're doing right now is we're having this podcast, this conversation with you, Kate, our expert, not our guru, because we've killed that. Um, to come back and then in between, so next Friday, um, we'll have uh, a working session to work through a number of these things, which will not be um, published live on Facebook. Um, we'll still record it um, for um, potential um, publishing, but it'll be more of a working session. Um, uh, we'll talk maybe after this, Kate, to see whether or not you're joining in or not. Um, and, and then we'll move forward with that. So, um, Wonderful. So let's wrap this up. If anyone listening is interested in joining our local small business owners live on the show and in our private forums where we support them, uh, check out our website, killtheguru.show and on Facebook at facebook.com slash killthegurushow. And Kate, can you uh, let us know how can we get in contact with you if we want to learn more? Yeah, you can reach out on the Facebook page. Uh, just send me a private message if you wanted uh, to either give me some feedback or if you have any questions. Uh, and as well as my website, you can reach out uh, via email. And um, I'd be happy to, to help in any way that I can. So please. Fantastic. And your website is 9... What is your website again? It's 9 to 5, so uh, the Dolly Parton song, um, 9to5narrative.com. All right, so that's the number 9to5narrative.com. Fantastic, Kate. You've been absolutely wonderful, and I'm looking forward to getting even deeper on this topic with you and supporting our small business owners. Thanks, everyone, for attending. It was nice all to right. meet all of you. See you Thank shortly. You. Same guru time, same guru place. <laughs> Thank you. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye-bye.